fly from L.A. to Tahiti. Nine of the most harrowing hours of my life. All that training I'd done with Prozac, getting her used to her carrier, keeping her calm and relaxed, worked like a dream, until we actually boarded the plane. After which she began yowling at the top of her lungs, a cry so piercing, so decibel-shattering in the narrow confines of our crowded coach cabin, even the cranky toddler across the aisle was giving me the stink eye. Pissed, no doubt, that Prozac had robbed him of his title as the most aggravating passenger on board. The whole plane was buzzing with annoyance as Prozac's shrieks ricocheted around the cabin. I even heard one of the flight attendants mumble to her partner as they rolled the drink cart down the aisle. It stays like this. I wish I'd kept my job at KFC. Those paper hats weren't so bad after all. Prozac's non-stop wails were silenced only by a steady succession of kitty treats and, as it turned out, a good portion of my in-flight meal. Finally, when my eardrums could stand it no longer, I fell back on the pet owner's last resort in times of crisis, a healthy dose of Valium. And I'm happy to report it put me down for two hours. When I woke, I discovered Prozac and her cat carrier were gone. Oh, heavens, had some furious passenger spirited her off to the lab and done away with her? No. It turned out that the coach passengers had taken up a collection to move Prozac to first class, where I found her sprawled out on a plush leather seat, nibbling at a plate of caviar. Desperate to shut her up, the flight attendants had taken her out of her carrier and given her what she'd wanted all along, a nice comfy chair all to herself, away from the plebes in coach. At which point, she'd apparently switched to full tilt adorable mode, cocking her head at a rakish angle, purring happily and batting her baby greens. At least, that's how I found her when I came bursting through the curtain to first class. Prozac, I cried. I was worried sick. I thought someone had kidnapped you. She looked up at me lazily. Oh, hello there. Don't you belong in coach? I hope she hasn't been any trouble, I said to the aristocratic lady sitting next to her. No, no trouble at all, the grand dame replied, cheekbones sharp as Ginsu knives. Bad behavior is never the fault of the cat. It's always the owner. From her lap of luxury, Prozac gave an appreciative meow. How true, how true. Eventually, we began our descent to Tahiti, and Prozac was returned to coach and placed in her carrier, howling every minute of the way. When we finally taxied up to the gate at around noon, Tahiti time, Prozac and I were the first to leave the plane, escorted by the captain with a cordial warning to never again step foot in his aircraft. After bidding him a hasty toodaloo, I hurried off to the gate, where I was greeted by a burly islander with gold front teeth and muscles the size of rump roasts. And, as promised by the producer of Someday My Prince Will Come, I was whisked past customs and their animal quarantine department, straight out to the tarmac and into a golf cart that zipped us over to a small airplane hangar. At first, I thought we were at some sort of aeronautical graveyard where ancient aircraft came to die. The plane standing before us in front of the hangar was old, really old. Amelia Earhart and goggles old. Here you go, missy, my gold-toothed guide said pointing to a rusty set of steps leading up to the decrepit plane. Seeing the fear in my eyes, my rump roast guide assured me. Plane, very safe, missy, made by Boeing Corporation. No doubt in their popsicle stick division. 
Taking a deep breath, I climbed on board to meet the pilot, a doddering fellow with a matchstick dangling from his lips and a disconcertingly roomy look in his eyes. It was a half-hour trip to our destination, Peritito Island, and once again there was non-stop howling, this time from me. Never had I experienced a more bumpy flight. Honestly, I felt like I was in the spin cycle of my washer. But at last we landed, and I climbed down the rickety steps, thrilled to have survived the flight. The first thing that greeted me when I stepped on terra firma was a blast of furnace-hot, humid air. I'd gone from the spin cycle straight to the dryer. Already I could feel my hair frizzing like an over-fertilized chia pet. Looking around, all I could see was a small shack, a few dusty palms and floating clouds of gnats. Then suddenly, a lanky, 20-something guy came charging out of the shack, whooshing past me onto the steps of the plane.